Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Josh Asquith, and I help businesses connect with top tech freelance talent. And today, I'm your host. We are joined by Dina, Leonard, and Victor, and we're discussing how do we know which data is important. So what I'd like is for you guys to just go around the room and just give us a short introduction to yourselves. Dina? Uh, right. Hi, everybody. My name is Dina Dervishevich. I work at SCB, one of the, the biggest banks in Sweden. Uh, I'm an, an engineering manager for two teams, one team of data engineers and one team of machine learning engineers. And on my free time, my passion is to drink a lot of coffee. Awesome. Okay. Leonard? Yeah, sure. Uh, happy to be here. My name is Leonard. Uh, I was previously the head of machine learning engineering and operations at Volvo Cars. Uh, now I'm working in stealth, proud father of two. Uh, I'm supposed to like to work out, but that hasn't happened so much recently. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. And Victor? Thank you. I'm Victor Granholm. I'm uh, working as the head of Rider Analytics at Voy, which means I'm leading our analytics efforts of uh, our customer, the customer-facing part of our business. And my passion is really to spend time with my family and our two kids as well. Um, and also would like to train when I get the chance. So very similar to to Leonard. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Hi everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, and Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now that we've understood a little bit of context about you guys a little bit more, we have, I believe you've all brought some questions. And what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room and we're going to we're going to ask these questions and answer the questions. So uh, the first question that we've got today is by Victor. So Victor, would you please tell us uh, what your question is um, and then we can get to answer it. Yes, so my question is, what criteria do you use to determine the importance of data and how do you rate data that has important downstream data? And the reason I'm asking is that we recently spent a lot of time at VOI to determine the importance of each data set. And to do that across the organization, we needed a common set of criteria each data set must meet in order to um, be considered important. So I'm interested in hearing whether these criteria would be the same in other organizations. And the, the follow-up question around downstream data is a bit specific, but it comes from us having some important data sources that depend on so many other data sources. And um, depending on how we think about importance, all these other upstream data sources could be considered important, but that sort of takes the edge of the prioritization or the, the specific importance of each uh, data set. So that's the background to to my question. Yeah, I guess the first one, uh, Victor, is a lot about like data quality and those kind of different pillars who support that kind of capability. Uh, but my experience from that is uh, looking at the data's accuracy and completeness, validity, and like timeliness. Um, so it can be many different things in different companies. Mm, depending on um, the user's needs, I would say. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of, uh, you know, in order to determine the uh, importance of data, uh, I believe it's very much tied to its utility. Like data yeah. by itself lacks value, yeah. uh, unless it's like tied to an action or some insight or something along those lines. Hence, I believe a good proxy for 
assessing the sort of value of data is by looking at demand basically or how it's utilized across your organization and that can be you know uh, done with you know various degrees of complexity given you know how it's uh, how it's tied to certain processes ideas or like business objectives that you may have but yeah that's a short comment on that yeah. and then the, the other one was your other kind of topic was about um, like classifying data sets or uh, deciding which ones are key and yeah that's a very uh, interesting question but it's again connected to what your business is kind of considers the most important things mm -hmm. I guess in, in banking, for example, it's important with compliance and sustainability, while in other companies I work for there, it's more users, user activities and like golden kind of things for the business. But so far, my experience is that different companies kind of classify these things differently. And the ones I've heard of are like from banking and from, from uh, music industry, music tech industry. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense because different companies and different businesses will have different needs, right? Yeah. And, and the importance of the data should reflect that. Yeah, definitely. It's connected to the company's kind of key drivers or value adding activities. Mm. Yes. And how do you think about the case when data depends on other data sets? say that you have an important data set around compliance at, mm -hmm. at a bank mm -hmm. that may depend on other data sets. Mm -hmm. Would you say that all those data sets are equally important? Actually, I wouldn't because it depends on the kind of working agreement or SLA between the data sets, <laughs> if you look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, so depending on kind of how we kind of modeled the dependencies, different data sets will be different. Um, and then um, deciding which ones are key is also an agreement between different stakeholders um, in the organization. Uh, so the data is very much connected to the organization and the different kind of consu consumers and producers needs. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I would definitely not say all data is important because I, I hear it all the time, all data is important. Yeah, I think it's definitely not because that takes the entire value out of the word importance. Yeah. The entire sort of idea of saying that a data set is important is that you can spend your time on where it matters the most rather than distributing your time across all data you have, because then you'll probably overinvest in data that is not important and on, on the other side, or similarly, underinvest in what really matters. So uh, yeah, it's important not to call everything important and uh, find like the key data sets and also know and sort of yeah. perhaps agree across the organization on what data sets are or not key. I think that is very important and hard. And in the so far in the bank, what I like is that they have governance. <laughs> and it can be good or bad. But I think it's really good, actually, to start with that governance or agreement or what, what is really important about our data and then just go out and produce lots of like good stuff around that. But this like initial agreement um, in the bank coming, I guess, from governance and those kind of discussions, it's really valuable. I think a lot of companies who are not banks, banks could benefit from this, starting there first. So that's basically external regulations that decide like these data sets it, yeah a lot of yeah. that yeah but also yeah definitely yeah i guess regulatory and compliance needs like by default make these data sets important yes in a sense uh, i i was just curious uh, related to how data is connected uh, does it make sense to look at the individual value of the data set unless yeah, the, the actual value stream of how these connect towards 
uh, some like yeah I, I don't remember what the actual example that that you brought forward but in general like i would maybe look at the sort of the, the connectedness to the full stream and assess the value of that stream and what are the dependencies there off and how data is kind of linked like what why does it matter to assess the value of that data set and like maybe there's some like level of criticality like if you remove this like does it break <laughs> to what degree does it break but in general uh, i would in that case look at the full stream you know uh, yeah yeah so the nature the nature of the connection between the data sets matters there right uh, it's not just that okay you do an important data set depends on that other data set. So that other data set must, must also be important. It's definitely more complex than that. Yeah, and yeah. I guess it's connected to the, like, the business model. Like how do we model the business? With, how does the data support the business pretty much? And the di different data sets connected to that. Um, but data value streams definitely um, is super interesting. Um, even though I haven't kind of seen it yet, to be honest, uh, but I would love to see this thinking uh, with data as an infrastructure for kind of value creation and tanging it back based on that. I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your initiatives at uh, Voy, Victor, uh, about, you know, you're setting up the actual criteria for importance mm -hmm. and like maybe maybe if you could you know, elaborate a little bit about where your, your thought processes are and where you are in, at that journey. Uh, it would yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. So the challenge we faced was basically that we have so many data sets and data models, um, more than we basically have resources to like fully maintain uh, in detail, um, each one of them. So ranking or sort of leveling our data sets based on their importance uh, to the business really helps us to focus our energy and resources on on where it matters the most and um, to do that we um, uh, defined a set of criteria that each data set would sort of reach or meet in order to sort of be considered like a, the tier one data set or tier two data set or tier three, which perhaps is the lowest priority. And the criteria that we use, they were um, often around the, the consequences uh, to the business if the data would be unavailable or inaccurate for a certain amount of time. So we was very focused on sort of the timing aspect to it um, aspect. So for example, if um, a data is unavailable just for a few days, and if that would impact, first of all, this, perhaps the safety of our, our customers or legal or contractual obligations or, or business continuity or the customer experience, then we would consider it like the, a key data set. But if we, if it takes like perhaps a week of the data being unavailable or inaccurate before before the impact sort of starts to show uh, for the customers, then we will give it a lower priority. So the priority levels here or the importance levels, they really helped us to uh, know how careful we had to be around that data and how quickly we had to act on it. Um, so we set up those criteria and then we gathered people from around the business and tried to, yeah, we basically walked through all our data sets and like tried to map them onto these criteria to have an idea of the priority of each data set. And that was definitely time consuming, but it's starting to give us, uh, we're starting to get that time back now, I think, because um, now we know where we really need to like spend our resources and if a low priority data set sort of cra crashes or if we see that it's 
perhaps not as accurate as we would have liked to, then we know we don't have to spend that much time on trying to fix it because it's a low priority data set anyway. Um, so that's the way we've been thinking about it. And um, we've reached a point where we have sort of priority importance level assigned to each data set. And uh, I'm really looking forward to discuss your uh, upcoming questions here, uh, Dina, because um, what we haven't solved yet is how we sort of maintain this sort of uh, importance structure over time. That's um, the holy grail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's where we are and how we approached it on our side. I think it sounds like a sensible approach. Have you also yeah. been discussing like SLAs and stuff like that, SLO, SLIs connected to the yeah. internal? Um, so we've been um, thinking that each sort of priority level has a certain set of criteria on the one hand, and then it has a certain set of requirements on the other hand. Yeah. Um, so the criteria we use to sort of identify these data sets and then the requirements are there to sort of help us maintain the, the quality and availability of the data sets. Mm. Um, so we have uh, we have certain requirements that sort of match the criteria. So our top level data sets, the, the requirements there are that they should be up and accurate at all times, basically. Yeah. And um, then we will have like tests and checks in place to make sure that uh, that's possible, um, basically. Okay. Nice. Can I pop in a follow-up question? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that kind of came to mind. I'm just. Uh, doesn't the sort of value also depend on which context it, it is used in? Like, I mean, you have certain processes, some business outcomes that you know. Given those, these data sets have a uh, some assigned priority or uh, value, but it could also be used in a different context, and it could have a different priority or value based on that context, right? So you could potentially have, uh, 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 yeah, it, it's not <laughs> not yeah. uh, as simple, right? So like, yeah, going into the sort of potential of data as well when you go into sort of analyses and other sort of uh, like potential revenue st streams and business outcomes that could potentially, you know, come uh, out of these data when when joined with others. And yeah, I think I, it's a, like a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? Like if you focus very much on like setting these priorities, our current business goals, we have tied, you know, based on our criteria, these are what is important. And then we kind of neglect the rest, right? So like drawing, you, you have to make some compromise or some trade-off, right? And I think that's that's where, you know, maybe art, <laughs> art, art sort of comes into the uh, picture a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's definitely, that's the challenge. I'd say all the sort of gray zone cases, because it's not black and white that, okay, this is clearly important and this is clearly not important and we have loads of cases where it's sort of semi-important to a whole lot of people for instance and then you could argue that okay it's perhaps not the key data set for like a single use case uh, or for anyone maybe but it's used by everyone across the company so then maybe it should become uh, the key the key data set anyway and that um, that was really hard to like fit into sort of the criteria guidelines that we tried to create and those sort of criteria doesn't really capture that mm -hmm. but um, so, so that's a good learning actually if you want to design such criteria you should probably leave some room open for for interpretation and um, just so that you might want to give uh, such a data set that everyone's using, but it's not their key data set. You want to have the room to give that the highest priority class or the importance class. Um, so it's a good question and we ended up discussing it on a case by case basis. 
um, with people from around the org, mostly people working with data that sort of knew how, how it was used. Uh, but um, it can probably be approached in many different ways. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, the data set you, yeah, the data set you mentioned that basically has high demand within the organization. You know, if you kind of go into monitoring and assessing the value of data on the basis of its demand yeah. uh, to some degree, uh, I think that can be a potentially suitable option. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, how many people use it across um, the org? Um, yeah. So the challenge, I the challenge there, I see, is that uh, perhaps a lot of people use it just to get an understanding of how the business did last week or something like that, or yesterday or last month. But if that data is a few days late, it perhaps wouldn't do much damage to the to the business so it might not require us to act as quickly as if a data set that affects the, the customer experience uh, goes down mm. you know, for example that something that is used by the crm communications or something like that that could actually impact the user experience um so that's uh, uh that's the sort of challenge with taking in demand because it's not always the same as business impact if you will mm -hmm. uh, but we definitely took into a, we basically took demand into account when assigning the the priority tiers uh, in the end but we had a tough time formulating it in our criteria guidelines mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you very much. That was that was a really interesting question and a really interesting discussion. Um, and we have uh, we alluded earlier to our second question where there's some overlap. So, Dina, would you please tell us about your question? Yeah, uh, my question is how do we monitor the value of all the data we collect over time? Uh, because I feel in um, some companies I work for, we just collect lots of data and then we just store it or like we just keep it, but we're not actually using it. And then over time, the value decreases, but we're not deleting anything. We're just keeping a lot of data <laughs> and then uh, kind of how to, uh, yeah, how uh, monitoring value is very difficult, I would say, because it's depending on the business context or the, um, the user's context. But I'm just curious to hear how this is done in other companies than uh, I've seen. Uh, because so far I've just seen that we just have a lot of data. Uh, and we don't kind of have a tag on the data about the value or how or monitor the value kind of change over time. Mm -hmm. so I just would like to hear some of your experiences, Victor and Leonard. Um, maybe I can ask a follow-up uh, questions just for sure. clarity for myself. Sure. Uh, do you mean that you're collecting the same data over time, but mm. uh, the most important data is the most recent one, mm. but say uh, data, the same data that is like a few years old shouldn't yeah. be as important anymore? Uh, yeah, it, yes. And how, I mean, when would I know kind of, when can we delete it? Can we just kind of, yeah, how, how, do, how do these mechanisms work in other companies? I'm just curious to learn more about this. Yeah, I've just seen a lot of companies I worked for that just keep a lot of data. And then after a while, it's just kind of makes, makes it inefficient. Just we don't, we're not using it. We're just storing lots of data. Yeah, so yeah. Then we end up talking about archiving projects or, I don't know, deletions or like different things to, to kind of remove this problem. But if we just started with thinking uh, how to monitor this over time, um, things would be kind of yeah easier. Yeah. yeah, it's a great 
question and very relevant because um, there are several reasons you might have to delete data over time, yes. right? Um, like regulatory GDPR. or yeah. commercial reasons or like financial reasons. So it makes sense to ask that question. And um, I personally think that the most recent data will be important for operational purposes to sort of know and that the product works as it should and um, uh, also to take like actions right now based off that data. And most often you wouldn't need like very old data to keep operations up in that sense, I would guess. But um, I can see the long-term data would be important for a couple of reasons. For example, I mean, first legal and contractual reasons, uh, obviously if that's like required, but also perhaps from a more strategic sense to understand long-term trends in yeah. the market or in the industry you're playing to understand whether there are some sort of long-term themes that you need to act on. Um, for, to be successful and also to measure your performance over time, like in order to create year over year comparisons mm. um, and perhaps even longer periods than that. So I'd say old data has value, but it, it wouldn't be operational values, but more sort of strategic values. Uh, and it's, of course, really hard to sort of weigh those against each other because yeah. they're so different. Yeah. Coming from a machine learning background, I'm kind of forced to jump in. <laughs> Add on to the importance of long-term data, which is like tends to be what is used for training uh, models for certain use cases and. Uh, uh, I, I kind of agree with Victor's sort of representation of like the importance of operational data, which is key because the product will fail unless uh, it has this data. Uh, I think there are like some issues with respect to like how we generally manage data when moving from operational systems to analytical systems in terms of like mindset and how we do this type of integration. There's, there's yeah, I mean, some of the sort of talking about value of data quality is sort of vastly important in terms of like, you know, deriving the right insights, building greater models, like that's where you you can differentiate yourself. You know, if your data is not of good quality, you might lead to outcomes that were not <coughs> or or decisions that shouldn't have been made in the first place. But I, I believe like some measures as to how this is managed from operational to analytical systems are, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we always uh, are subject to this shit in, shit out uh, type principle. And I see this uh, quite uh, heavily in the industry. But um, yeah, I, I talk too much, so I, I forgot my, my main point, but in, in general, uh, this is just another aspect of increasing the importance of long-term historical data to be stored over longer periods of time. And I think there's like a clear convergence in terms of trends of like how we how we manage uh, data, operational data and analytical data. Mm -hmm. And ju just the mere fact of some of the terms that we have been throwing around in this discussion being in this industry for some time, you know, Recent, like it's quite recently, people started talking about SLIs, SLOs, and SLAs, and these things, like in the data community. You know, generally, I think there there has been some sort of gap between how the software community has been operating and how they build systems and manage systems. I, I'm hoping to tie this back to like how we monitor uh, data, right? So, like, I believe. Uh, honestly, these data systems are also software systems and are subject to some of the same principles and good learnings from the software community. And we have gradually started to realize this and adopt it within our industry with a slight delay. But that, that's kind of the vibe I get. It's a positive vibe because uh, like we need continue, continuous monitoring, we need uh, observability, we need these sort of factors also, which is uh, you know uh, 
standard uh, when when you build operational systems or products and the like. And I think looking at you know the increase in data mesh and data products and these like the nomenclature and language mm-hmm. sort of gearing towards you yeah. know hey maybe we should do devops for for data as well and uh, yeah yeah it's like we need to crawl before we can walk with the sle slis and stuff like that before we go into data mesh maybe which is even more kind of advanced somehow <laughs> that is the maybe walking or running uh, it, I don't know. It depends which company you work for, but uh, like <laughs> some some things like SLIs or like that is definitely connected to value uh, that I'm I was kind of asking about in my original question. Uh, I didn't really think about it that way, so thanks for connecting the dots for me. Uh, uh, but it's it's definitely true. Um, and then the difference between uh, the kind of the analytical. Uh, data and operational data. Um, in some companies I worked for, it's one and the same pretty much. Everything was stored in one like operational database. And then um, we came up with, oh, we should have analytics platforms and move that data that's 10 years old to a separate thing, which is like, this is not old things I'm talking about. This is actually in some companies I work for today. Uh, this is happening where we have a lot of data in the like operational databases, but we don't know really what to do with it later. We're building the analytics capabilities later. And hearing a lot of data professionals uh, talking about this, it, it seemed to be a common path for a lot of like startups maybe or young companies maturing more and more. Uh, so, yeah. I just wish kind of uh, mature companies and newer companies or uh, scale-up companies would meet in these kind of learnings because there's now working for a big bank, I feel governance and those things and discussions should be kind of had from the beginning. It would make life easier than just running and just doing stuff. <laughs> so just doing it smarter. Uh, so, yeah. It's a great idea. Yep, connecting the big giants mature, like parents and children, <laughs> getting us all together, <laughs> spreading the knowledge over generations on how to work with data. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. guys. Thank. You. Yeah, no worries. Go ahead. Um, well, thank you very much. I was just going to bring you in, Leonard, for our next question. Um, so, would you please give us some information about your question, and we can discuss. Well, I guess my question was: we have alluded to this topic uh, already to, to some degree, but it was uh, related to the assessment of long-term and short-term importance of data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it, it's not a static thing. You know, a business changes; your data yes. needs to change with it, and the priority and the value uh, of these data sets will change. So, I think uh, change management is uh, vastly important and <coughs> a key to be able to to assess these things it is monitoring which is alluding back to to your question Dina of like uh, how do we actually uh, monitor these things over time and I believe if you have uh, systems like that in place you will be able to uh, assess uh, long-term and short-term value uh, uh, and yeah, I'm kind of going into this demand thing uh, multiple times about utility. It doesn't cover like all of the aspects, but to some degree, you know, one could uh, maybe think that, oh, but an, a higher quality uh, data set or higher quality data, like it would have like a positive, like an increase of demand because it's of higher mm-hmm. quality and these, these sort of uh, factors one could tie in as well, but yeah. Some of the background is like, obviously, you you may have like an ad hoc thing, like we need to figure this out now. And in order to solve this problem, we need this information or this data. And it might be relevant for just this particular thing and, and you don't need it for longer extended periods of times, right? Or like, that's basically uh, like, how do you manage this? Like f- from like an organizational standpoint and, uh, yeah, that's that. That's uh, that. That was kind of the background. Yeah, I think that's another great question, and 
on in the aspect of time and data uh, so the same theme as as Dina asked right because it's not just that data loses value as it gets older but it's also that even fresh data or new data um, can have its value changed and importance changed depending on the business needs right now and um, yeah, I, I think it requires like a lot of manual sort of work to uh, to look over I mean if you want to have a clear priority sort of tags on each data set you would have to spend time regularly on gathering a large group of people spend time regularly with rituals and some processes around mm. defining the the importance of all your different data sets um, and uh, that's something that i've been thinking a lot about myself because now at voy we have these sort of importance levels but i'm sure that they will look completely different in a year um, mm. And I'm wondering if there's like an efficient way to do it, or do you have to once a quarter or something go over all your data sets and um, sort of reconsider the importance uh, of them? Um, or is there something more efficient that, that you can do? Um, and I think it also sort of ties into new data sets. So, Quite often you create new data sets that haven't sort of existed before. And that also requires work to define what sort of importance they have. Mm. So it's um, it's a good question. I think yeah, basically one would have to gather a pretty wide group of people and discuss it regularly. Uh, I can't see any like shortcuts or things to make it more efficient right now i think maybe yeah sorry, sorry go ahead i was just thinking like the different companies of different sizes this is efficient in small companies gathering everybody but then as you grow and become a giant as a company it's harder and harder you need more like formal structures and i don't know some kind of automation around this but it's like it's really nice to work for a company where you can actually gather some people, important people, key people from different areas and talk about this. Uh, and I guess this is an enabler for speed also. Uh, but then as you grow, like how do you do this efficiently with lots of data sets and lots of people using the data? Um, maybe, I don't know. I Please. <laughs> like my my immediate sort of opinion on this is that I believe gathering groups of people or having these sort of formal processes to some degree, yes, but I believe that's like more of a bottleneck and it's not like sustainable uh, yeah. long term. Like I would be looking at like more maybe distributed uh, approaches and uh, uh, automation. Like if you have certain governance principles, rules, or as you said, criteria for measuring these aspects, like you need to fundamentally implement them uh, technically in order to gauge uh, this over time, you know, continuously, basically. And uh, yes, like I'm aware, I've worked for Volvo Cars, a big, you know, giant enterprise. There's a lot of technical debt, legacy, you know, multiple organizations, different ways, tooling, and you know, it, it's hard. You know, even for like I, I assume Voy also. Like I mean, also uh, alluding back to the data industry, learning to crawl before they can run. You know, I think we have we have some. You know, we're going through some sort of shift in how we work and in mindset of like how data is actually managed if you go back in time to like you know business intelligence warehousing and you know these traditional sort of governance systems just to make sure you know your business operates you know here's your financial data we need this for xyz compliance and agile and then maybe some key kpis that you sort of measure and then you know we have this sort of transform and transforming functions of like oh, ai and ml and you know advanced analytics that is just sprinkling complexity on top of you know hey we actually 
need to build other, we, we have the potential to build other products that are customer facing and enable new revenue stream. It kind of puts, uh, it sets different sort of, you know, extended requirements and criteria of like how we, how we work uh, within the stack. And I believe we're still in sort of a, a transition period where everybody is like, uh, slightly like a little bit confused about hey how do how do we actually do this um, that's interesting Leonard and I want to come back to what you said before about uh, demand because demand is one of those things that you could automate right mm. yes so one could definitely automate like understanding how many people that read the data set or something like that so it's perhaps the most scalable way to um, adjust the importance levels of data over time. Another way I see, if you don't want to automate it and you still want the sort of subjective business uh, view on it from like human people, you could perhaps consider doing these sort of rituals or gathering people, uh, doing that on a like department level or like a, a smaller, group and not just the entire company but maybe a smaller group and uh, that group perhaps um, uh, selects the most important data sets and they could be grouped on a company level if that's even needed at a, at a later stage um, that's perhaps also a little bit more scalable but of course much more time consuming than, than just reading the demand of each data. Yeah. I think uh, so far people have done kind of um, maybe uh, <laughs> just like talking a lot and it's becoming efficient and now we want to do both, both like have the automation and have that in place and then we also have this di distributed model with rituals too. So we want both kind of aspects in order to drive whatever our mission is in, in the organization or the company, connected to whatever we want to do. Uh, so uh, I think one thing that would be really interesting is to connect all this data to uh, the strategies that people have in teams or companies and make it part of that. Um, I think that feels like a lot of companies want to do that, uh, but they don't really know how because it's not automated enough or we haven't thought about it this way. Uh, so um, it's just interesting to hear how you can automate this. Like I don't have much experience from that, to be honest, but I have a lot of experience of talking and discussions. <laughs> yeah. How do we kind of get people to talk and discuss to uh, take data out automated like usage or the demand? Uh, into their discussions more. It's a behavioral change. Um, but I it's guess you avoid your kind of habit. Like a lot of things are like easy to do and it's a pretty new company. So you have, I guess, both dimensions. Um, yeah. Please, sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. Uh... Uh, like obviously it's challenging, but I don't uh, believe it's impossible. But no. uh, I, I like actually kind of you get it almost for free if you you, you want to be able to, you know, manage access and see who accesses what data, uh, and uh, you know for auditing purposes as mm. well. It's just that I think we're like slightly limited uh, by mindset, and then also like. We have this vast amount of tooling in this space, and I don't see it as like a, a central component yet to, to make it easy. Like, I mean, you know, people use Snowflake, they had Snowflake, they, you can go through audit logs and, you know, see see these kind of factors, but it's not like treated as a first class citizen. Mm. I'm not, but uh, one, one uh, aspect here uh, that I wanted to allude to is like, 
with the groups, like you see business changes, right? Which means oh, maybe you set different objectives, right? You have the different strategies that you want to adopt within an organization, like like Savoy, for example, you, oh, we want to address this particular thing. Don't you think like when these objectives has have been set and you, that kind of ripples down through the organizations and the product teams wants to implement and try to achieve these objectives, wouldn't that also be like reflected in, a change of demand. Uh, if you would totally. like continuously monitor, you would yeah. notice the these sort of trends, right? So, like, I'm not saying that you should absolutely have you know set objectives and do this sort of management uh, uh, from a business standpoint. But I believe, like, looking at as a group, oh, what data is important is more like, okay, we have these objectives to sort of address and we need to solve them. And that requires us to solve uh, these problems, which require this information. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, if you have a, I, I, yeah, I'm naive, but I think there are sustainable ways to, to kind of approach this. I'm not saying you should only capture demand, but as you said, if you have certain criteria in place, certain other, like, measures that are are interesting that kind of uh, and you value in your organizations it's about like thinking about how can you actually incorporate them uh, in uh, uh, like not only on paper or on a slide or in the meeting but actually you know how can we yeah. how, yeah. how can we get measurable uh, outcomes and yeah um yes that's a good point that i and i agree with that that the demand would probably change as the business sort of reconsiders its priorities. Uh, so you can probably see the demand going up and down on a certain data set because of that reason. So it's a great signal for that. But also, as you say yourself, I don't think it captures everything about importance because you could have um, data sets that sort of feed the sort of say customer experience. Uh, or um, that are, we need to keep for contractual reasons. Mm. Uh, they perhaps wouldn't have a high demand, but they would be completely necessary. Yeah. Uh, so even if maybe only one person sort of consumes them, they might be more important than than something else. Um, but I agree, it's a it's a great signal to add in there to to the other more subjective ones. Yeah, I was thinking like, you could combine, right? So if you say like there yeah. are certain data sets that feed certain processes that are like 100% these needs to be there. So it's like this is 100% important no matter what. Like and it, like it's not like only like a human user. It could be like a system or a process that sort of needs these. So I think uh, absolutely one needs to cover like what is this core? that you have in terms of data and these are your golden data sets don't mess with them they need to be off for they have these slas and they need to have you know that's one thing right and then and then i think you know thinking about uh, the rest uh, and even the combination of those with the rest potentially if you're using something from your you know customer support or uh, customer uh, I don't remember the example, sorry. But you you could, uh, uh, yeah, it, do, it does make sense to look at the band for those as well, I, I kind of believe. And then, you know, you said, oh, what is this used for? Like maybe, you know, all of these demand doesn't like actually, you know, derive actual positive business outcome, you know? Mm. Like it's hard to investigate, oh, does this product team actually do something that is important for the business or no? Or is this person just out, you know, but just doing the experimentation and investigate, all of these things are like, I think they're compounding effects towards like uh, uh, positive outcomes. Uh, if it's not, you're like, the problem is elsewhere. Uh, I agree. I agree. Good point. Good points. Lots of good points, especially about experimentation. Like when you experiment, you don't know if it's valuable or not. Some things to the current business, but you might be investing in the future. Um, but also, I really like what you said about getting stuff for free uh, and using that as an indicator um, of how important something is. It's it's very interesting to look at the map of the business and see what are people actually looking at, what data, and 
if it's not connected to a strategy, why are we looking at it? <laughs> are we missing something? We should reiterate. We should change our strategy. Maybe our people are um, onto something or, I mean, we can get some kind of a signal there too. But also, um, yeah, it was just interesting what you said. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Victor, did you want to say something? I'm curious to hear. No, I think you covered it. I think you you said it well. Mm. I think one aspect that you mentioned briefly is also like being able to throw data away. Like obviously that would be great. <laughs> you pay storage is relatively cheap, yeah. right? But yeah. I mean, why don't we have like uh, garbage collection? Yes. Like we do and like. <laughs> What would that entail? But I guess that also, you know, unless we can assess, you know, the importance or value, you, you won't be able to do this type of collection. But yeah, that's release process. Products go down. You have to deprecate them and you have to have like a good process around how you do these things. And I think one could potentially learn a lot from how it's done in other areas. Yeah, like lifecycle management. Yeah, I could automate that when you sunset a product or you sunset something, the data also kind of connected to that is deleted equally kind of easy. Mm -hmm. Cool ideas. <laughs> but uh, I mean, now people now that we are kind of going into more and more uh, doing a lot of products with machine learning and AI, do we will we throw any data away uh, ever? Or do we just want to feed the models with it? I, I think like yeah. <laughs> quality before quantity still holds, even though yes. if you have certain measures that, yes, I, I think we had a trend like more data, more data, you get exactly. better models. But like, I mean, if you, it's more shit, more shit, it's more uh, noise, more garbage, and uh, your model becomes uh, worse. So I think actually like, core and key is to have high quality data and the more you have of it the stronger your signals might be it's like uh, uh, machine, machine learning will make us more disciplined with the quality <laughs> I, I hope so <laughs> i still have fought a lot for you know try trying to get these things up but you know re reality hits and we're quite far from you know uh, yeah, I think like at least like enterprises like Volvo, maybe Voy has like more agility and more potential to, you know, adopt uh, different principles. I, I'm not sure, but uh, it's obviously a huge undertaking for any any organization to sort of apply these changes. And like, how do you make it concrete and break it down into some incremental journey towards like a a like a decent tra trajectory you know <laughs> i think that's that's where the challenge resides uh, yeah. yeah definitely yeah awesome thank you guys so much for a really interesting discussion amazing <laughs> there were some really there were some really really good learnings in there about the fluidity of how important data is and just how complex understanding the variables to what makes that fluid is and there's some really good takeaways for everybody that's listening um even myself so yeah, it's like uh, a conference here <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely whatever you want to call it you know it was awesome and it was yeah, packed yeah. with learnings between yeah. from from everybody so i mean this with the most sincere gratitude thank you thank you dina thank you leonard and thank you victor for your inputs today it has been a really really awesome discussion before we end the podcast i'd like to say thanks so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation if you're hiring for new technical roles or if you're looking for a new role feel free to get in touch with us at evolution or if you, or anyone you know, would like to be featured on a future podcast, drop me a message. I'm Josh Asquith, and you can find me on LinkedIn, or email me at joshua.asquith, that's A-S-Q-U-I-T-H, at evolution-nordics.com. Alternatively, visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thanks again to all of our guests, and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.